0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Amen. On this Father's Day, we're talking about two things, honor and image. We'll touch honor first, and then we'll hit image second. I promise not to be too long. Uh, I guess you can define too long, if you like. But anyhow, in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 1, we have our opening text. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Now, in Ephesians chapter 5, 21 through 6, 9, the apostle Paul talked about submission and authority, and he talked about this being motivated by reverence for God. Out of reverence for God, he was saying that men should honor, first of all, and submit to God, and that wives should submit to their husbands in the Lord, and that children should submit to their parents and their leadership and honor them. And then uh, employers and employees have a relationship similar. But notice the motivation is out of reverence for God. To be honest with you, it's all meaningless and falls on deaf ears unless the person really has reverence for God and says, this is how I should conduct my life, how I should live my life, out of reverence for God to do the things he's called me to do or desires that I do. So it's in that context or setting that, Here, the apostle paul says children obey your parents in the lord in other words it's in the home that they learn the subject of submission and authority and if they can't learn it in the home then they're not going to learn it anywhere and they won't have respect and reverence for uh, others to submit in their leadership roles and so that's why paul said it now i believe that god is really big on honoring mom and dad and today we're talking about fathers, so Father's Day, so we're talking about honoring your Father. And if you don't believe that, then look at Deuteronomy chapter 27 and verse 16 from the New Living Translation. Cursed is anyone who dishonors father or mother, and all the people will reply, amen. Well, no one wants to be cursed or live under a curse. Okay. At least I wouldn't think so, right? But then if you still need more persuasion, look at uh, another verse provided for you here in Proverbs 30 and verse 17. The eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. Now, I thought that either God has quite a sense of humor because you know that he wouldn't mean that that would happen. But he's making a point, driving home a point. But what he's really saying, if you look it up, is this. Even if you give a dirty look to your mom and dad, in the eyes of God, that is so disrespectful and so irreverent that you could die an early death and vultures will come and pluck out the eye because you see the eye is the first thing that a raven or, or a vulture will go for to make sure that the prey is dead. It'll pick out the eye and, and if it doesn't move, then it knows it's dead, then it'll continue on its feast. So I would say that uh, in this setting that God is really concerned about children honoring their parents. He quotes this fifth a commandment in the process well honoring our parents honoring our father number one why should we because it's a command or it's commanded by god look in the book of deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 16 these are three major reasons found in this text why we should honor fathers honor thy father and thy mother as the lord hath thy god hath commanded thee that should be enough right there that thy days may be prolonged and that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. There are ten commandments provided for us in the Old Testament. The first four deal with one's relationship with God and the last six deal with one's relationship with people. In other words, social uh, relationships. But the first of the social relationships commandment involves children honoring their parents. Honor thy father and thy mother is the commandment of the first of the six social relationships. So apparently God saw it as such that it's important to honor your parents and hold them in high esteem in his eyes. That's the first of all other social relationships and the rest fall into place. The second reason why would be because it's the right thing to do. Notice it is right. The apostle Paul said by the spirit and look at Luke's gospel chapter 2 so we can get a better understanding of what it means to be doing the right thing? How many of you know that Jesus is our role model and we're to follow him and follow his example? And here in this verse of Scripture, we have a revelation of Jesus honoring his, you could say, stepfather, Joseph. And when he went down with them, he came to Nazareth and was subject unto them, but his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Jesus honored Joseph, his stepfather. Even though he wasn't his biological father, he still respected him. He honored him and set an example for all of us to follow. And what do we extract from that? The fact that there are no qualifiers. In other words, it doesn't matter whether or not your father has been the best father in the world. That's not the point. It doesn't matter whether or not it's your father or your stepfather. In the culture that we live in today, we understand there are many blended families And in some cases, maybe a father's been lost to death. In some cases, there's divorce. In some cases, there's desertion. And there are many scenarios that are out there that deal with relationships today. But regardless, we're instructed in the word of God to show respect and honor fathers. It's the right thing to do. And there's something that we can do to honor them, to show respect to them, no matter how they are or how they've treated us. The third thing is its promise. Its promise. Look in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 and 3 again. The Apostle Paul really expounding on this promise. This is the first commandment with a promise. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. And young people need to hear this today. That it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. Can you find a better promise than that? One of the most coveted promises is found right here. We want it to be well with us as we live our lives upon the earth. Can everybody say amen to that? Or are you among those that are out there that say, I want horrible days and short life? Anyone here can say amen to that? I didn't think so. Everybody wants to live long and everybody wants to have well days. Well, think about that. When you think about it in this context, think it clearly through. When God says, I will no longer flood the earth and he gave a promise and the bows in the sky. What is he saying? You can trust me that I'm going to follow through and do exactly what I said. I may have the ability to do it, but I'm not going to do it. I can't do it because I've bound myself to a promise that I have made to my word to you that I'll never do it again. So in other words, what this is saying to us is this. If we truly honor our father and mother, as he said, we ought to then we have a promise made to us that it'll be well with us and we'll live long on the earth. So if you're a young person, take that to heart. We don't want to live under a curse. We don't want to die a premature death. And this is one guarantee that we have that we can live a longer life and experience well days upon the earth. Why wouldn't we want to take that to heart? And so even if you're challenged with something in this life, praise God, you could look to God and just say, you know what, Lord, I've honored my mom and dad. I've done what you told me to do. Now, I believe I receive what I need to be delivered, set free, or made whole. So it's important that we understand those three things. Now, let's shift over and go from the responsibility of the child to the responsibilities of the dad. This is image. So honor comes from the children to the parent. Image comes from the parent to the child. Look in the book of Genesis in chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image. Now we talked about how when God created things, he created, for example, the sun, the moon, the stars, all, everything created, he spoke and it came into being. But there were certain things that he didn't speak into being as far as whatever was out there he brought into being. He spoke to the earth and said, let the earth bring forth and bud, right? So it came out of the earth. Man did not come out of the earth other than his body. But man is a spirit being who came forth from God and was made in the likeness and image of God. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and he became a living soul. So we came out of the very person of God himself. The body came from the flesh, from the earth, but the spirit and soul of man came from the very heart of God. So when he says man was made in the image of God, we came out from God. We are made in his image and likeness. And then he said, after he did that, he, uh, he created man in his image and likeness. Image of God created he, male and female, may he them. He blessed them. And said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and every every living thing that moves upon the earth. So when we read these verses, oftentimes what we'll do is just say, well, man was made in the image of God and man was given dominion over all the earth. And that's true. But it's also true that he said in the middle of all that, have children. Be One who models the image of God to your children. So a father's duty and responsibility is to model the image of God to his children so they can learn to know God and understand God, his character, his love and concern for their lives and then automatically learn to obey him and follow his plan for their lives. So one of the things that oftentimes is left out is that the father is an image bearer. He bears the image of God to his children. So in other words, when a child sees certain characteristics and qualities in their father, they develop a concept of God as being the same way. Now, before the process began, we know something tragic happened. We know that Adam and Eve rebelled against God. Adam sinned against God. And what he did, he brought into this manifestation, into this realm, another fatherly figure. And that fatherly figure marred the image of God in the eyes of people. As a result, we understand the world was corrupted, and then it was judged, and the flood came to destroy all living things on the earth. Well, if you look at John's Gospel chapter 8, we can find out that not only do we have a spiritual heavenly father of light who loves us, There is also another father out there, a spiritual father, according to Jesus, who does not like us, who does not like mankind, and who wants to really model his image before people so that they can follow his character, his desires for their lives, his will for their lives, and it's found right here. Jesus speaking to the Jews, the Pharisees, the scribes, the Sanhedrin, those that are up there in the Jewish faith. Okay, and he's speaking directly to them, having a conversation with them. They said to him, we're not born of fornication. We have one father. God is our father. Abraham is our father, and so on and so forth. And you know what Jesus says to them? He said, if God were your father, you would love me. Why do you not understand my speech? He said, I came from God. I came from the Father. I am here on the earth. I'm telling you who I am. You can't understand my speech. Why? Because you can't hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. He's not talking to murderers. He's not talking to rapists. He's not talking to thieves. He's talking to these highly respected and regarded religious individuals. And he says to them, you are of your father, the devil. Think about it. And the lust of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. He's the progenitor of death and all that is evil. He abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. Notice, he took him out himself out from the truth. He didn't want to live and remain in the truth. He brought himself out from the truth. There is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own for he is a liar and the father, the progenitor of it, of all lies. He's the source. He's the beginning. So we have the father of light. And we have the father of darkness. We have the father of truth. And we have the father of the lie. And the sad part about it is when man fell, he brought death and sin into this world. And everybody born into this world is born with that same Adamic sin nature. Children of wrath, Ephesians 2 tells us. And we've been educated and trained by the wrong father. It doesn't take much for people to do wrong in this world because of the wrong father. Now, notice what Jesus also said to them. Look at Mark's gospel, chapter 7, because this is so important here along this line, because he's talking to these leaders that are criticizing him for not doing things according to the law or their tradition. He says to them, Fool well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. Well, what commandment? For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother Who curseth father or mother, let him die the death. It was a capital punishment for those that dishonored their parents. But you say, if a man shall say to his father or mother, it is Corban, that is to say, a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. And you suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother, making the word of God of none effect. Through your tradition, which you have delivered, and many such like things do ye. So he's talking that he's re- ruling religious leaders and he's telling them look, you have exalted tradition above the word of God. You've made the word of God of, in, uh, of no effect. You've a- also taught them not to honor the commandment of the Lord. You're skirting around it. You're coming up with ways that they don't have to honor their father and their mother. And he said, you are of your father, the devil. You're listening to the wrong spirit. You're listening to the wrong father. You've been trained by the wrong parent. And as a result, you're doing exactly what he wants you to do. And you're disregarding what God wants you to do. We could really get off and meddle in the religious areas right now. But I'll tell you what, we'll stop right there. It's important to realize that We've got an enemy out there who doesn't want us to serve God, walk with God, who doesn't want us to honor our parents. We're living in a society right now where no one wants to be under anyone's, uh, let's say, surrender to to their authority and be under submission to people. Um, And it starts in the home. And that's why it's so important to teach our children respect for God. I'm, I'm sorry, reverence for God, respect for others, and responsibility for the life choices and decisions that they make. And that's what we need to do. So as a father, we are image bearers. We bear the image of the living God to our children. And when they see us, they should see the characteristics and qualities of our loving heavenly father from our lives into their lives. Now, I know that it's a tall order, and I know we need some help. So let's look at John's gospel, chapter 1, and look exactly what Jesus came to do. Sometimes these little things are overlooked, but look at. No man has ever seen God in any time. How can I reflect the image of someone I don't see? The only unique son, the only begotten God, who is in the bosom, in the intimate presence of the Father, he has declared him, he has revealed him, he has brought him out where he can be seen, he's interpreted him, and he has made him known. Jesus came to make known the invisible God, the invisible Father of lights. He came to represent Him. He says, I'm here not to do my own will, but the will of Him that sent me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So Jesus came to the earth to unveil the Father to us. Now, in the Old Testament, we understand that God was on top of a mountain or God was behind a curtain. But when Jesus came to the earth, praise God, he brought him down from the mountain and he removed the curtain and he opened up the eyes of the people that they could see God as a loving, caring, heavenly father. Look at John 14, beginning at verse 7. If you had known me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth, you know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the father and it sufficeth us. Jesus says to him, have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me has seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, show us the Father? That was his mission on earth. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Believest thou not that I'm in the Father, and the Father in me? The word that I speak to you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. So in other words, he came to represent the father. Believe me that I'm in the father and the father in me or else believe me for the very work's sake. So what you see coming out from me is not me, but it's the father in me that's doing these things through me. I came to give you visibility so you can see the love of God, so that you can see a loving heavenly father, so you can understand his heartbeat and know how much he cares for his children. So a father's primary job is to really model the image of God the father to his children. Look at Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. Once again in this context. Who being the brightness of his glory. And the express image of his person. You've often heard it said this way. You want to see the father look at Jesus. He was the express image of his person. You look through the gospels and you see the love that Jesus displayed. You see the compassion. The care. The concern that he had. For everybody that he came into contact with. No matter where they were in life. He demonstrated the love of the Father to each and every one. Now, in the book of Matthew, we're not going to take time to read all these. But look, in Matthew chapter 6, here we see that Jesus is giving us an understanding of what the Father's like. In verse 25, he says, therefore I say to you, take no thought for your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're for your body, what you're going to put on, is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not new that they reap. Nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? He is revealing the character of the Father. Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to a stature? And why take you thought for raiment or clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow. They toil not. Neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you of you a little faith? So take no thought saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? We can stop right there. The Father knows you have need of all these things, but yet all you got to do is ask him. It's going to be there. What's he saying to us? The, the duty of a father... A heavenly father, an earthly father, is to provide, is to care for, to protect, to love, to show affection. To see to it that that child has no worries, no concerns, no cares about anything. I don't know about you, but my children don't wake up in the morning and just say, Is there food? Is there water to drink? Is there a roof over my head? I'm sure it's that way with you. You see, we model the image of a heavenly father by doing exactly what jesus said here a father will provide for his family a father will protect his family a father will show love and affection toward his family he will provide guidance for the family he will see to the trains the children in the way that they should go that is his responsibility and that's his duty and that's the image he wants to model to his children now, I know that doesn't always happen, but that's the goal. That's what we all should do as a father. Our primary job is to model the image of a loving, caring, heavenly father. Why? So that our children can have the right concept of God. Look at Matthew chapter 7. He makes a comparison here. Jesus makes a comparison between an earthly father and a heavenly father. What man is there among you if his son should ask bread, would he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, would he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, natural people, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? You know, God is a good God, and Satan is a bad devil. And if you want to have a lesson in theology and really be right on without going to college and paying for all the expenses and going to a seminary and end up being in a cemetery, but anyhow, if you wanted, then here's your theology. Say it with me. God is good. The devil's bad. Pick up your certificate on the way out. That's it. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no verimleness, neither shadow of turning. But Jesus said, Satan is a murderer. He is a liar. He is evil. And all that is evil comes from him. So do not be in error, my beloved brethren. Don't be an heir. Good things come from God and bad things come from the devil. And that's the dividing line. John ten ten tells us the thief comes but, but still to kill and destroy. But I've come to give you life and that more abundantly. So the father is a life giver. The father is concerned. He cares for his children and provides for them and nourishes them and so on and so forth. And that's important for us to know as fathers. Now you see that concept was distorted in Eve's life by the devil when she was... He pointed her to this other tree saying that there's, there's something more that's better for you. You can know something that's out there beyond what God has told you. You see, he's not a really, if he really cared about you, if he really loved you, you know, he would show you that this is out there and you could have even more than what he's offering you. And so what did he do? The liar deceived her into thinking that God was holding back something from her. And so she stepped out beyond the boundaries that God established for her existence. And as a result, her, her view of God was corrupted And she acted out in an improper way. You know what, my brother and my sister and fathers to all of us here, our children will do more what we do than what we say. We want to portray the right image of God to our children so they can know what he is really all about. And it's up to us to live the kind of life that will model that image for our children. They can see Christ in us, the hope of glory. Now, what can we do? As children or to honor our dads. And I have it here listed for us because I think it's more important than a tie. It's more important than buying a baseball. <laughs> or a pair of tennis shoes. Or ripped jeans. You know, I, I um, have this pair of jeans that I really wore all, I kind of wore them out pretty much. And all of a sudden there was like one little thing here. I think, it wasn't a screwdriver, but I think it got caught on the nail. You know? And so... Um, My my wife looks at me and says, you better get yourself a new pair of jeans. I looked at hers and Carly's, and they're all ripped like this. I said, I'm in style. I don't need new jeans. Am I right? How come it's style for them, but it's ripped for me? Go figure. (laughs) Right? Right? Think about it. (laughs) It's the mindset. Okay, real quick. What's the best thing you can do to honor your father today? Thank him for everything he's done right. Thank him for everything he's done right. Number one, he gave life to you. Has he protected you? Has he provided for you? Has he trained you? Has he offered guidance to you? If he's done any of those things, praise God, then you can say thank you. To your, fa- to your earthly father for just being there for you. You say, well, I never knew my father. Well, I got good news for you too. You've got a heavenly father who loves you more than an earthly father loves his children. And you can have a close relationship with him. So thank him for all that he's done for you. But you know, you do have a father who gave you life. And if anything, you can start right there and just say, thanks, dad, for giving me life. All right. Now, number two, and you ready for this? Show him mercy and forgiveness for everything he's done wrong. Will you as a father stand if you never made a mistake? If you never missed the mark? If you've done everything 100% accurate for your child, stand. I'm really sitting just to let you know. No one is perfect. Only our heavenly father is perfect. He's the only one. We've all made mistakes. We've all done wrong things. We've all made bad choices. We've all made bad decisions. And by the way, if you were at my, like my generation, when you got married young, you know, you got married at a very young age, you're very immature during that time, and you're probably going to make more mistakes than someone who gets married in their thirties or something like that. Am I right? You know, because even the insurance companies knows, wait till they get 25, then we'll reduce the rate. Because you see, up until then, they don't think right. Right? So we've made mistakes along the way. We all have done that. Well, you know what? You'll understand this someday. Be merciful and forgiving to your father, whatever mistakes he has made along the way. And just say, you know what? I offer you mercy and forgiveness. I understand and I'm sure that your, your father will make a decision that, uh, you know, let me put it this way. It's a little secret. The more you invest in your father's life, then the more he's going to be able to perform in your life. The more you thank him for the things that he has done, then he's going to be motivated to do more and greater things. You know, every society that succeeds has got to have fathers that succeed. And so it's important to invest in them. And and respect them, and and just continue to uh, encourage them by saying, "Dad, I understand you're not perfect, and I do forgive that. But let's move on from here. Praise God. Let's reconcile if there's any differences that are out there. Let's move on from here. Um, and here's why. Have uh, you ever heard the expression that that person brought baggage into their relationship, like in marriage? It also happens, especially in families today in our culture, because we've got so many blended families. And as a result of blended families, um, fathers, and no matter where they've come from, we do bring baggage with us into relationships. There is this young boy who grew up basically in an impoverished um, area. And he himself was impoverished. The family was impoverished. And they had nothing. He grew up with no shoes. And actually would sleep out in the back in some little shack. And it was an environment that he lived in for so long that he thought everybody was that way. No shoes, just the clothes on his back. Sometimes out there in the cold in the little shack. Well, it came time for him to go to school. And as he went off to that first day of school when he got there in his mind everybody grew up this way no one had shoes to wear and tattered clothes and all that they had on but when he got there he saw oh my all these kids have shoes but i don't have any shoes he got so embarrassed he refused to go into the church building he walked over to where there was a small tree and he wrapped his arms around it almost in shock shaking and the teachers had to come and comfort him and talk to him about his situation as a result he grew up to be a father himself one day and he was so highly motivated to take care of his children and not to embarrass his children the way he was embarrassed he became a workaholic and as becoming a workaholic he had no time to spend with his family at all he made sure they had a roof over their head he made sure that they had a place to sleep, that they had shoes on their feet, but he wasn't there for their ball games and he wasn't there to show them the kind of love and affection that a child also needs. Now, the point is that he did that because of how he was treated by his father, but he took it to an extreme to where he was so motivated to provide that he forgot to realize there was more than just a roof over the head and clothes or shoes on the feet, that there's a need to be there, to love them, to care for them, to show affection to them. And this fella realized, you see, baggage came from his father into his life, and he didn't realize it. We're perfect human beings, would you agree? Too soon we grow old, and too late we get wise. We're just navigating through life, aren't we? And there's so many hats that we wear. You know, we're an individual, the hat of an individual with responsibility before God. Then we become a husband with all the responsibilities that we have in a marital relationship. Then we become a father or a mother. and We've got all the responsibilities and duties. We are a worker. We've got our responsibilities and duties for the job that we do. And so we're so overwhelmed with all these things. If we're not mindful, if we don't do the right thing, we miss it in many areas of our lives. You know, we're not God. And so we've got to adjust and we've got to learn along the way. And so it's important that we realize that even we have baggage that we brought into from our relationships with our fathers. But you know what? There's nothing more important than being humble enough before God and just say, you know what, God, I want you to make me the father that you need me to be. Children, you need to honor your parents. It's the right thing to do. It'll bless you beyond measure by doing so. How do we honor our heavenly father as fathers? Number one, I have it there for you. Be someone who does the first and follows the first four commandments. Follow them all, but basically the first four commandments means make sure you have a personal relationship with your heavenly father. Make sure that you put him first and don't bow to any other images. And make sure that you see to it that you don't let your children hear you misusing the name of the Lord in vain in any way. And make sure that you take your children to church and and honor God by seeing to it that there you are in a situation where you're going to present God to your children, expose him or her to god you know by keeping the sabbath day holy and of course the other six obviously keep as well but then also number two allow god to be a father to you you know on wednesday night if you weren't here i just recommend that you get the cd i'm teaching on the lord's prayer and how jesus taught his disciples to pray by saying number one our father how intimate our father it starts with praise praising him our father Which art in heaven. You're seated at the highest place in all the universe. Where you see all things. You know all things. You're above all things. Our father which art in heaven. Hallowed. Set apart. Holy. To be revered. Respected. And considered holy is your name. Holy is your name. You start right there. And we live in a society. In a culture today. Where what? The name of of our God. Is misused and abused. Like we've never heard before. Jesus' last name is not Christ. Okay. It's not to be used in. A swearing situation, a vain way. He's Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the Lord, the Savior of the world. And he he really, really deserves our allegiance and respect, wouldn't you say? He's our Father who is in heaven, and his name is to be holy and revered. Jewish people don't even write G-O-D. They write G-blank-D. They will not use that name. It's too holy to utter. It's too holy even to say, let alone to use it in an improper context. Our Father who art in heaven hallowed be your name. We worship your name. Let him be a father to us. Show him that reverence and respect. Let him know, I want to be the best father I can possibly be. Father, impart to me all that I need to know about fatherhood, and about being the kind of father you want me to be, the next one. And then model the right image of God to your children. And those are the ways that we can honor our heavenly father. You know what? I believe this as we honor a heavenly father and we model the right image of God to our children. They will learn to reverence God. They'll learn respect for others and they will be responsible in making decisions and choices in their lives that will carry on exactly what you've taught them in life. And as I look around and see many people that have been in church for years, you know, it's been almost four decades and it just kind of blows me away for me to say that it's been almost 40 years here and I still see people that are families knit together serving the lord all their lives what a blessing it is i'm gonna have our praise and worship team come up here right now um but um it is so important that in our culture in particular that young people see that serving god is not something that's on the back burner this is this is our lives fathers I want you to know that God loves you and God cares about you so much that you have a loving heavenly father that cares about you, to provide for you, to protect you, to show loving affection to you, to train you, to guide you, to lead you along the right path. And as we humble ourselves and surrender ourselves to him, I do believe that he will enable us to be the kind of father that he wants us to be to model his image to our children today. Can you say amen to that? Do you want that for your life as well? It doesn't matter how old you are. There's nothing more important, praise God, than uh, your whole family going to heaven. Nothing more important than that. And you can basically expedite that and and see to it that it will happen by the way you model your image of God to your children. But then children, see to it that you honor. Highly honor, respect, have reverence for your father. And once again, it doesn't matter what they've done, how they've lived. Show them the respect that the Bible says. And you know what? That's between you and God, and God will honor you for doing it. They gave you life, and just if all you can say is, Father, thank you for a father who gave me life. But I know there's a whole lot more than that here. I see fathers out there that are deeply committed to their, to their children that want to honor the Heavenly Father by modeling that image.